Welcome to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. Be sure to stay tuned to the end of the show to hear how you can get a copy of this program and other helpful documents. And now it's time for Carrie McCoy to get all up in your business. Thank you, Tim. Like Tim said, I'm Carrie McCoy, and it's time for me to get up in your business. For the next hour, my guest and I will be having a conversation of curiosity and storytelling. We hope you'll learn something, want to get involved, or be inspired to take action in your own life. This show, Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, began with Entrepreneurs in Mind, a platform for me, a small business owner, and a guest to pay forward our experiential knowledge in a conversational way. As with all new endeavors, it has had some unexpected outcomes, like the show is not just for entrepreneurs and want-to-be entrepreneurs, but for everyone. We are all inspired by everyday people's stories of how they worked hard, took risks, and found their voice. Another is that business is creative, more so than I ever thought. And last behind each of my successful guests is the heart of a teacher. And my guest today is no exception. But before I introduce my fabulous guest, I'm going to try to get through this next part. I would like to take a moment to honor my mother, Sarah Krause, who passed away this week at the age of 94. She was a smart woman, my mentor, who played a pivotal role in the founding and the naming of Arkansas Flag and Banner. She was born during an era when sacrifice was part of life and a badge of honor. My father, Edwin Krause, was a World War II vet, a Purple Heart recipient, who was shot down over Germany and remained a POW for two years before the war ended, and he was reunited with my mom. They had three children and were married for 62 years. Because this show is about paying our experiential knowledge forward, at the end of today's program, I want to share what I learned in the last six weeks as my mother lived and died in a hospital bed in my den. For all of you baby boomers who are dealing with aging parents, you will find this information comforting, and I can tell you the experience was not what I feared or expected. So stay tuned to the end of the show. Okay, today my guest is Mr. Bob Bidwell, founder of the Studio Theater in downtown Little Rock, Arkansas. You lucky listeners won't just learn what it's like to be a starving artist and a performer. You'll also get the inside scoop on the life of musician turned entrepreneur. There's money, cash flow, employees, and temperamental actors to consider. You'll not want to miss our in-depth conversation about the business of show business. If you're just tuning in for the first time, you may be asking yourself, what's this lady's story and why does she have a radio show? Well, Tim is here to tell you. Thank you, Carrie. Over 40 years ago, with only $400, Carrie McCoy founded Arkansas Flag and Banner. During the last four decades, the business has grown and changed dramatically. From door-to-door sales, to telemarketing, to mail order, and catalog sales. Now, Flag and Banner relies heavily on the internet, including our newest feature, live chatting. Each decade required a change in sales and strategy procedures. Her business and leadership knowledge grew with time and experience, as well as the confidence to branch out into multimedia marketing that began with our Dreamland Ballroom nonprofit, as well as our in-house publication, Brave Magazine, and now this very radio show that you're listening to. Each week on the show, you'll hear candid conversations between her and our guests about real-world experiences on a variety of businesses and topics we hope you'll find interesting. 
Carrie often says that many business rules such as know how to treat your employees well, know your profit margin, and have a succession plan can be applied across pretty much any industry. What I find encouraging is that her example of hard work pays off. Did you know that for nine years while starting Flag and Banner, she supplemented her income with many part-time jobs? I think that shows that persistence, perseverance, and patience will prevail. Today, Flag and Banner has 10 departments and I have 25 coworkers. It reminds us all that small businesses are the fuel of our country's economic engine and that they empower people's lives. If you'd like to ask Carrie a question or share your experience or story, you can send an email to questions at upyourbusiness.org. Thank you, Tim. My guest today is musician, thespian, and now entrepreneur Bob Bidewell. Yes, Bob's gotten the small business owner bug and opened a community theater in downtown Little Rock, Arkansas called the Studio Theater. There, he combines his love of music and live performances into his very own brand of business. Some of the shows he has slated for 2018 season are Fun Home, the 2015 Tony winner for Best Musical, and Hand to God, once nominated for Best New Play. Along with these shows will be some old favorites like Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, who doesn't love that? And coming up next is Breakfast of Tiffany's. Prior to opening the studio theater, Bob taught music in the public schools for 10 years and has been a church musician for four decades. He holds both bachelor and master's degree in music from the Arkansas State University in Jonesboro. Bidewell is a community activist as he is a member of the Little Rock Wind Symphony, the Central Arkansas chapter of the American Guild of Organists, and he's currently serving as interim director of music and worship arts for St. James United Methodist Church in Little Rock, Arkansas. It's a pleasure to welcome to the table the multi-talented and overzealous Bob Bidewell. You love music. I do. So what made you decide as a child, when did you start studying music? You went to college. Very few people go to college and then graduate and actually do what they went and to college. And get to do, yeah, you're right. Uh, I started piano lessons at my grandmother's request or demand when I was <laughs> six years old. I love grandmothers. Yep. She bought us a piano if, if we would study. So my, me and my sister both took lessons. Did she keep it up? Yes. She did? Your sister did too? But she ended up, it was one of those things where she would say, play this for me. So I would play her piece for her. And then she'd sit down and play it better than I did. And we found out she was playing by ear. She doesn't read at all. I'm so jealous of that. Thank you. Me too. You don't do that? Mm Mm-mm. So I, all of my kids took piano, all four of my kids, and none, uh, none of them really play because it's extremely hard. It is. Did you practice a lot? She's gifted, it sounded like. I practiced when I had to, and I wish I had practiced harder as I, when I got older. Is that the instrument you play to this day? I still play piano and organ, both. Is that your fa- that's your that's your yeah. that's your one? I was I was an instrumental major in college. What I does played that mean? clarinet. You study an instrument in college, even though you're an education major to be a band director, or you know, if you would study voice if you're going to be a choral major. No, I didn't. So you studied education, and then you studied instrument. You're also you have to you have to have a major instrument and a minor instrument. Okay. Yeah. So you've graduated from college in Jonesboro. Yes. yes. And you're you did you decide you're going to go and I work knew in I, that field? I knew I was going to be a band director from when I was in junior high. I wanted to be a band director because I was so enamored by my high school and junior high band directors. They inspired me so much. I just wanted to be a band director. So for 10 years, I did that. 
And Teachers don't realize how how much they can make a difference in people's life. Or I guess maybe right. they do, but yeah. I hear that all the time yep. that it was a specific teacher yep. that inspired me to go into architecture or into history or whatever they go into. My uh, good friends, I grew up in Poplar Bluff, Missouri, and we've started a new Facebook page just called Poplar Bluff of the Past, and that's the one thing that every one of us have talked about was what an impact our elementary school teachers had on us, and also all the way through till high school. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. That's one of the number one. You so know, you threads. get out, so you get out of you get out of uh, college. What do you do next? I taught for ten years. You went and applied for a job where? I taught in a little town in between Jonesboro and Blyville called Manila, Arkansas. Never heard of it. Small town, about three thousand people. Had a fantastic high school band, and I stayed there for three years. And then I moved to Paragould and helped team teach the Paragould High School and junior high bands. And then what? And then one. Two more years at Greene County Tech, which was just right outside of Paragould. And those were my 10 years. And that adds up. So you didn't teach in Little Rock, Arkansas? No, ever. never. And then how did you get to Little Rock? Well, after I finished teaching, the theater bug had always been in my background. I did a lot of community theater in Jonesboro and Paragould. And um, with my piano skills, I was able to develop... I think a pretty good help as far as being a music director for a show because those Broadway scores are not easy, especially when you reduce it down from a full orchestra to just the piano player to help mm-hmm. you know teach the singing and then play the show. And uh, one of the professors at Arkansas State said, "Why don't you come back to school and do some theater hours?" So I did that and worked retail, you know that weighted tables. All you you hear that, but that's it's a truth. I love weight yeah, tables. Yeah, weight tables. Worked retail, and and I was always playing in a church. That always helped supplement the income. Plus, I enjoyed the music, so that was a good thing. And uh, I ended up um, as an organist at a church in Jonesboro. And then in 1999, a job opened in North Little Rock, and I moved. I got that job at Lakewood United Methodist Church in North Little Rock, and I was there for seven years, and then at St. Paul United Methodist Church for seven years. And then after 40 years, I kind of thought, I'm ready to do something else. And uh, now I just sing in the choir at St. James, but now our music director resigned, and I'm filling in until we can find someone full-time there. Doesn't, uh, doesn't that church have a wonderful men's choir? Uh, no, that was Trinity United Methodist Church. But, well, the River City Men's Chorus. That's what I'm yeah, talking about. Where was sing, that? They sing at Second Perez now. Yeah, But they used to sing at your church, right? I think well, I saw, they if, might you, have done a concert there. Is that that you're talking about on Mississippi? No, it's no, on no, a Pleasant no. Valley. I don't know my churches very well. That's Sorry, okay. guys. That's i got to get okay. my Methodist churches lined now. They all sound the same. St. James, St. Paul. Yep, they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're not singing in the men's choir. That's what I was going Correct. I play in the Little Rock Wind Symphony. That's my therapy every week. Uh, the business you founded is a performance theater. Yes. But you are a music major. What made you decide that you wanted to go into not just the music part, but the whole mm-hmm. complicated ball of wax. After I retired from the church job, I auditioned for a show with the Community Theater of Little Rock. They were doing the musical called Baby, which was about three couples that are expecting. And I played the older gentleman, of course. And <laughs> it was performed truly at the public theater, which is a very neat little space, but it's very small. Where is that? It's on Center Street, right beside, right off of uh, 7th. And truly the stage is about as big as this room. 
well, for we're on, we're on the radio. Small, Nobody yeah. knows what yeah. this room size is. Yeah. Y'all, what size is this room? 10 by 12? Okay. Very small. Yeah. yeah. And a bunch of us decided we can find a space and let's start something and see what we can do. So this was just five years ago. Four years ago. Four years ago. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And um, the the five original board members got together. Um, some of us put in quite a bit of money to get this started. And we looked all over town. We looked out in West Little Rock. We looked in Midtown. And just right around the corner from where we had been performing was what used to be Balfour Printing Company. It's a big, big old building. Uh, it had been a rave for a while. It had been art studios. It, and originally, it was a furniture store built in 1921. And it had been refurbished and, and brought back up to uh, pretty good standards. So we got with the landlord and worked out a deal with them. And uh, we started our theater. But you, you to go back, you uh, auditioned for a theater role. But you're a musician in Babe, in the movie Babe. What movie. made you? Was that the first theater role you ever? Oh had? gosh, no, no, no. So no. you've been doing yep. that for all along. Yes, yeah. So yep. you've always been kind yep. of a thespian musician at the yep. same time, and Depending, then decided you wanted yeah. your own place. Depending on the show, uh, you know, would, would my strong point be is there a role for me, or would I do, you know, play in the pit? Yeah, that's how that worked out. Yeah. Yeah. And so you went over there with your friends, and you opened it up four years ago. We did. We did. How big is that stage? It's probably twenty feet across by about fourteen feet deep. It's a proscenium, which means it has you know a front on it where it's not just a black box open to the audience. Um, If you've been to the weekend theater, that would be called a black box theater where there's no there's nothing to block backstage at all. So we have wings and and. uh, dressing rooms and everything's on the sides and the uh, the building itself has a horseshoe balcony that goes all the way around and we can use the balcony for part of our seating and storage mainly so balfour printing had a balcony in it, it sure did mm-hmm. what was like made for that yeah yeah is that it, what you felt when you walked in you went oh my gosh this is made for we this? did the one of the one of the guys that was on our original board said i think we found it come downtown right now so i did and we walked in we walked around and None of the walls were there. It was one big wide open space. And, and we just, they laid it out and figured out where they were going to put the theater, the intermission bar, the box office, uh, dressing rooms. And there's a, in the back is a shop for construction. For it. It's perfect location. Perfect layout. Yeah, it is. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Bob Bidewell, founder, music director, and executive director of the Studio Theater in downtown Little Rock, Arkansas. We hear what the experience has been like, the challenges, the rewards, and learn about his 2018 performances uh, and find out how you can get involved. And at the bottom of the hour, we'll be taking calls. So listen and get your questions ready. You're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. If you miss any part of this show, a podcast will be made available next week at flagandbanner.com's website. If you would prefer to listen on iTunes, YouTube, or SoundCloud, you'll find those links there as well. Lots of listening options. We'll be right back. Today I woke up with a feeling that I did not recognize. Made of 
That was good. That was from, what was it from, Bob? Fun Home. Fun Home. But that's already played. It did. It played back in September. It opened our fourth season. I love that. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with Bob Bidewell, founder, music director, and executive director of the Studio Theater in downtown Little Rock, Arkansas. So we talked about you worked in a church for a long time. Then we talked about you taught school. We may go back to that, but I'd really like to just go ahead and jump into the business of show business. Um, You've been in business for four years, but only last year you turned it into a nonprofit. Correct. Why did you decide to do that? Well, when we first formed the theater, we decided we were going to be for profit and connected to the theater is the lobby bar and we had originally thought the bar would be open every night could have entertainment musicians comic shows whatever any night that there wasn't something in the theater but then we found out that it really conflicted with rehearsal schedules and the sound transferring from both spaces just didn't work out so originally we went in for profit thinking that the bar would help support the artistic part of the theater so we stayed pretty much in the black <laughs> for that first couple of years. It was rough. It was rough. Um, we lost some board members when we decided we wanted to go to the nonprofit. Uh, oh, really? Venue. Yes, we did. And we um, applied, got our uh, nonprofit um, with the help of some folks from other theaters, and somehow a tax was not filed. And oh, we lost, it's so complex. It's very complex. We lost our nonprofit. We had to completely reapply. It was by like five days. I'm and so sorry. And they would not work with us on that. I just want to say they are. Mm, yeah, it was you tough. Know, it's like, come on, give me a yeah. break. And our uh, our accountant did everything she could to work with with the IRS explaining what had happened. It was really their fault and not our fault. And Anyway, we reapplied. It was granted. And then we... Um, part of the nonprofit being that you have to form a new board um, I was president of the board and which I can no longer be that so um, I'm, I'm really right now just serving as executive director hoping that we can find someone to take that position when we're able to pay someone to do that um, our board went to a great workshop with the Arkansas Arts Council on how to form a new board they offered us a workshop and our whole board went and it was phenomenal and we got good leadership on that and they've been so helpful you know here's what you need to do to apply for grants here's who you need to go to for funding and then of course as things always change the worst part is is they had the most wonderful uh program to hire an executive director for your artistic endeavor yeah they match the salary don't they They 50 50 Uh huh. And that was a three-year program. And then at the end of the three-year program, they would hope that you would be ready to pay that person full time. That program ended the year we got our license or our nonprofit. So we're working on something else to work out with them. And um, we've got 15 members on our board. So tell me why the board? Yeah. Did you have to change the whole board around or just reelect some of the same people? I'm the only one left from the original original board. We had a couple of people that came on. 
a little bit like maybe after about the second or third year. That are still there. I don't that think that's unusual. No, I do not think no. that's unusual. Startups are so volatile and emotional yep. that whoever you start with a few years later are often falling yep. out for whatever reason. Because change is hard. It is. And when I can, so when, when you went from a for-profit to a non-profit, that's a huge change that people, that a lot of people are like, I don't want to do that anymore. It is. So you don't have the bar out front? The bar is there, but it's only open now to serve as like, at the intermissions or before the show. Does but the nonprofit not have a problem with you serving alcohol? No. Well, that's interesting. We, as, as it works out, the lobby bar can be a business entity that supports the nonprofit organization. I love that. And it's really, yeah. So it's all really one, but any fund, like if we have a cabaret on Monday night, if it's an artistic endeavor, we can count that as non-taxable for us but we can count that funding towards i our thought artistic. the bars had to always be like a donation towards the nonprofit, but you can actually separate into two entities we may have to talk about that matthew about the dreamland ballroom and how we can maybe do yep. something with yep. that uh so you got partners don't you you said you in the beginning before the break you said that you and some friends had this vision and y'all put in money and start yes. how many partners i do you was have? i was the biggest um contributor and then there was one other uh, person that, that donated quite a bit. Um, when she left the group, we had to pay her out. Mm-hmm. And it was, not, it was not a bad situation at all. She mm-hmm. just said, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Can't, will you all? And we worked out a deal with her. A um, couple, couple other people were more in it, not so much financially, but just one guy was really good with tech stuff. One good was really good with set design or whatever they were mm-hmm. just part of the board as more artistic than financial mm-hmm. they had talent talent yeah and uh, the three t's yeah. or no the three what is it three money talent and time treasure talent and time the three t's i like that treasure talent and time. yeah okay anyway it, it it just ended up with this nonprofit board um we found that we could reach out and find people in the community that could help us find funding and, and ideas, you know, more ideas than what the original board could think of. You know, there's only so many people that three people or four people can reach when you've got 15 more ideas. So you've got 15 people on your board? 15 people are on the board right now, yes. So did you say you're the AD, the executive director? I'm the executive director until we can find someone to take that position, yeah. So... That includes probably all the money and the cash flow and yes. doing all of that. Do you yep. have an accountant that helps you? Someone we do. that's got we do. talent? Um, unfortunately, we have a treasurer who just had to resign from the board, so we're looking for a treasurer to take that on. But most of the money right now is coming through me, and I make all the deposits and the box office and things like that. And then you need your you need your accountant to come in at the end. And, yes, and, pay and we're working on that right now. And make sure you do everything yep. right. Yep. Um, as the executive director, are you in charge of everything? Do you have to plan the shows? No. Okay. No. Good thing about being an executive director is that you can delegate. My favorite word. Well, a lot delegate. of people aren't very good at that. Sounds like you are. Well, I hope so. But um, Justin Pike is our artistic director, and we are so lucky to have him because he's got such – well, he's directed many of our shows, and he just has great – sense when it comes to what what will be a good show for us to do and helping him is hannah sawyer who's our associate artistic director and she is on the faculty at central high school and those two together have known each other a long time 
and they um, come up with all of our artistic ideas as far as like we're planning next season which will be announced May the 5th for our fifth season I think there's a lot of artistic people out there just looking for a place to have a voice to express themselves sounds like you've given a platform and a lot of freedom for people to make a difference and to express themselves and to find themselves I think that's the sign of a really good leader is not micromanaging I mean, guiding. You've got to come in for sure and say, this is our vision and this is not making any money or whatever. But you've got to be able to really let go of people, especially in your business, to let them really find their voice and express express themselves artistically. How many people are on the actual payroll? We have one. That's our bar manager. She's the only one that is paid right now. Were you going to say something about those artistic people? I would. Well, I was just going to say that... Um, it's nice to have people that will volunteer right now to help us get through until there comes a time that we will be able to pay a salary for these artistic people. Do you have people. a plan for when that'd be? Not right now. We are just now starting work on getting grants and funding from the community and uh, reaching out to you know other entities. And You know, it took Arkansas Flag and Banner nine years before it could support me. Tim read that in the beginning yes. that I worked a yeah. part-time job. Uh, Dreamland Ballroom is nine years old this year, the, the nonprofit Dreamland Ballroom, and it's it's still not really on its feet, but we don't commit the kind of time that you're doing. You have another job, don't you? Well, I'm right now I'm interim music director at a church. Yeah. So is this a career or a hobby? Yes. Which one? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good answer it is. no i think you were talking about um being involved the hardest thing for me not to do is when people say oh you're working at bob's theater and it can't be that it's got to be the studio theater and i'm really having to step back and let this board take over and let them do their job i think bob's theater yeah. is a catchy name and easy name. to remember yeah. the studio theater is very uh vague could be it doesn't even have to be a theater almost it could be a hair salon (laughs) no for a studio i don't know a studio is a very it could be a uh it could be a radio show could be yeah i mean studio could be a lot of things but bob's place that's pretty catchy okay you're gonna have a hard time breaking that habit that's okay i know i know Uh, Let's talk about the biggest challenges. Sounds like your board has been a big challenge. The board coming on, especially just from brand new. Some of them have been on nonprofit. Some have done some grant writing. Some have been in the legal field. Some have been financial. And just to get us all together and to start the journey, that's the hardest part. Is there something that's happened that you didn't anticipate? Yeah. Is it harder than you thought? It was. Mu- it's much harder than we thought. Just just getting started and keeping what has been going so well artistically going to be able to support it financially. Mm-hmm. That's the hardest. How many part. theaters are in Little Rock, Arkansas? We've got really. We're really lucky. We've got the Weekend Theater, which is down on uh, Chester and Seventh, and it's got uh, and it's a community theater. It what is would you call it? all volunteer, okay. all okay. volunteer, okay. just like we are. Okay, and then the Community Theater Little Rock, which has been around for sixty years, and that's also volunteers. So they are three. all volunteer. Argenta over in North Little Rock is all volunteer, and then uh, let's see, it's detailed. That's the fourth amateur or. Volunteer theaters. They're not amateur at all, that's for sure. And then, of course, the rep is, is our professional theater. And then the high schools around here are doing amazing productions, too. And the, and the children's theater, the arts center. Children's theater, the arts center. Exactly. So is it the only one you really get paid at, the rep? Yes. And it has well, or Murray's. or Murray's, I think, Murray's Dinner I think Playhouse. Chil- uh, children's theater, I think they are paid actors there. 
And that's right. Murray's Dinner Playhouse yes. is a well-kept secret. And yes, and it's it's coming back. It's really strong. It right seems now. like there's not enough thespians in the town to go around. You'd be surprised. Really, that seems like a lot of theater. The- it is a, a lot of theaters. It is all vying for the same dollars. Right now, there are four different shows going on, and at four different theaters. That includes Benton and Conway. I'm going to include them too because it's so close. And at their community theaters, but we everyone auditions and they kind of know which show they want to go for. If they get cast in another show, they have to let this director know that they're not going to be in this show or whatever. You know, is juggling that part hard? Sometimes is for t- the director, are ticket sales hard. Ticket sales are not really that hard. Amazingly, as musicals are selling better than just our book shows. Everybody loves a musical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they, we were just talking about uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch, which closed out our third season in August. It's a two-person cast, so we were thinking, okay, audiences are going to be really slim because, I mean, how many friends do two people have? It's sold out every night. Well, Tim went inside. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we were talking about. And Fun Home, which most people around here probably don't know, even though it won the Tony Award, was one of our be- biggest shows also. You know, it, it, it's just, it's always a surprise. And I know from being with you in New York and we were having wine after a show one day, yep. you were talking to me about how you have to all vie for the same shows and it, buying a show and getting a show and the business of that. And I want to go into that because I didn't even ever think about that part of it. Mm-hmm. But it's time to take a break. Sure. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Bob Bidewell, founder, music director, and executive director of the Studio Theater in downtown Little Rock, Arkansas. Whether you're an actor, a musician, or interested in the business side of show business, you will want to hear what he has to say and if you have any questions for bob tim will give you the phone in telephone number right after the break you're listening to up in your business with carrie mccoy if you miss any part of the show a podcast will be made available next week at flagandbanner.com's website if you would prefer to listen to itunes youtube or soundcloud you'll find those links there as well lots of listening options we'll be right back with the phone number for calling in Arkansas Flag and Banner is proud to underwrite Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. McCoy began this broadcast a year and a half ago with the intention of offering a mentoring platform for those with an entrepreneurial spirit. Through candid conversation and interesting interviews with business and community-minded Arkansans, listeners gain insight into starting and running a business, the ups and downs of risk-taking, and the commonalities of successful people. Carrie McCoy, founder and president of Arkansas Flag and Banner, believes in paying knowledge and experience forward and developed this radio show as a means of doing so. The biographies, life experiences, and wisdom of her guests would likely go unheard if not for this venue. Rarely do people open up for an hour to an audience about their life, mistakes, triumphs, and pitfalls. This unique radio show allows the listener intimate access into the stories of prominent leaders in our state. I am Adrian McNally, manager of the Arkansas Flag and Banner Showroom and Gift Shop, located on the first floor of the historic Taborian Hall on the corner of 9th and State Streets in downtown Little Rock, Arkansas. In business for 43 years, we offer an old-school shopping experience with front-door parking, clerks to help you, and department store variety. Open to the public Monday through Friday, 8 to 5.30, and Saturday, 10 to 4. 
Thank you, Adrian. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with Mr. Bob Bidewell, founder, music director, and executive director of the Studio Theater in downtown Little Rock, Arkansas. You have your business now is starting and planning your theaters, your shows. Exactly how do you go about that, and how do you start? Do you start a year in advance? Tell us how you, and do you do a business plan, and you say, i got to have this many shows, where I've got to have this many tickets, and I can only spend this much money on expenses. Are you a businessman that much, or you just go, that's a cute show, I think I'll play it and run it and see if we make any money, like most small business people do. (laughs) You know me really well, don't you? (laughs) Um, That's the one reason this board has come on, for sure, is to help with the financial part of that I'm not. That's not my strong point. So when you I'm sit more down, artistic, when you but, sit yeah. down to, to plan your season, like mm-hmm. the twenty eight, let's let's just go backwards. You're going to plan the twenty, or no, let's go forwards. You're going to plan okay. the twenty nineteen season. When do you start planning it? Okay, they started pretty much right when we opened this season in September. You're talking about a year and a half in advance. Yes, yes. And one thing we have to do is, with four other theaters in town, we have to kind of get our feelers out to see if we know kind of maybe where they're leaning good thing about it is like the weekend theater we know they are going to do what we call socially significant plays they have a niche of what they perform they do throw in a couple of good musicals like every hair year. yeah or like and a gay yeah, uh, yeah. they do a lot of gay performances yes, or yes. Yeah, socially socially, what you call? socially significant social aids yes. social yes. significance yes. okay and i mean yes they've done the sound of music yes they've done the drowsy chaperone just you know some fun musicals too but that's i guess they still are socially significant but Not and then really. and then we know that uh community theater will rock they like to do um some of the standards annie get your gun you know some of the older shows but they're also branching out and doing some new shows one thing about ctlr they were in our space with us for the first three years we alternated months wouldn't we, that be lovely? We did a show. They would do a show. We did a show. They did a show. Well, that seems perfect. And it was. And they uh, decided they wanted to get back their own um, entity, and, and they're opening somewhere else soon. Uh, they're going out on their own again. That's the and one. And we're going to miss them. I know. That's the yeah. one that's been in business for 60, 60 years. 60 years, yeah, which is great. Well, that way you can share yeah. expenses and yep. stuff. It's they, like, well, they paid us rent to to you know to use the space sure. we got to use their lighting or whatever so mm-hmm. and costumes mm-hmm. and things it all worked out great but man we wish them well so so now what you told me in new york is yeah. that you can't get a show if somebody else has got that show slated Correct. and that there's and i'm not sure who it is but if where does everybody call for shows new york there are three or four agencies that you can get the royalties and rights only to three or four in the country in the country I think that's interesting yep. so they look by they look by uh region mm-hmm. and they kind of delegate out what you can have which um, I thought was interesting our first summer musical was going to be hairspray and that would have been in the summer of 2015 and we got the rights for it, and then all of a sudden, Murray's got the rights for it, and we lo- they pulled it from us. Because Murray's has we, been around like 50 well, and years. Well, plus, they are not equity theater, but they're, they're a paid professional theater. Oh, I see. And so we lost the rights to that. So if a paid, if a yeah. paid theater wants it, they get, they get, uh, they get first, first right of refusal. Let's say, example would be the rep. If, you know, they're doing Mamma Mia. We had applied to do Mamma Mia. They got first dibs, of course, because they're a professional theater. Well, and we we actually had the rights to the color purple, 
and it was going to be one of our big shows of the season. And a month before auditions, they said, I'm sorry, it's going back to Broadway. You can no longer perform the show. Because if so, it's on Broadway, you can't have A it lot out. of times they will not, or if it's on coming by on tour. Let's say the musical Chicago was coming on tour to Little Rock. To Robinson. They would not let anyone in the city have it for a year beforehand. Isn't that interesting? It is. The yeah. business of show business. It is. And there's, yeah. only, and there's only three or four. Three or four agencies. Agencies. That, that rent out these. What are those agencies called? Well, one of them's called Rogers and Hammerstein Music Library. Is it, are they all music libraries? Not really, but they, some of them have plays. name of that kind of a It's just an agency. Yeah, yeah. One of them's Music Theater International. One's okay, Samuel so, French. So it's 2019. We're plan, uh, it's last September. Yep. We're planning 2019. Mm-hmm. What is the first thing that a theater board sits down and does to plan for 2019? Right. First thing is that the artistic directors have to get together and see what shows are available, um, what's hot, like maybe just has just left Broadway, kind of like we got Fun Home this year. We were the first community theater in the country to get the rights for it. We were not the first community theater. Another theater in Montana started. They opened three days before we did. Well, congratulations, Yeah, Bob. so that was pretty cool. That's, that is that's very all, cool. That's all the artistic. Did you do a press release about that? We did. Good job. And that's that's the artistic director. He, he He's on top of all that. Good job. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, and so you, you pick out your show. Pick out the season. And then you start sending out your requests. Yep. First thing we have to do is, of course, we're waiting a little bit because we know the rep is going to uh, announce their season on February the 19th, which is a couple of Mondays from now. So how can you start planning in September if you have to wait for the rep? Well, we just have to wait. That's why we let them go first. So if you plan your there, shows and you wait and see what the rep comes up with yes. and maybe Murray's and yep. then you go ahead and fill maybe pull some that you had in there yes. and put have in backups. some other. Then mm-hmm. you send your request off to these agencies and they approve you. Yes. That or doesn't not. mean it's set in stone. Right. Because if somebody wants it first thing you do is you apply for the license to produce the show you have to give them the date like we're going to do it in april of 2019 and so they will send the contract back you have to sign all of it and uh, they're really good about right now about not having to send a deposit in which is a good thing because if something happens we have to change the show or whatever but yeah okay okay and so then you've got your shows and then you write down do all the shows cost the same no, no. So you write down how much the show costs. Right. You write down uh, what your expenses are for that show. Correct. And then you turn around and say, we got to sell this many tickets for this show. Oh, my gosh, we'll never do it. Or let's, or is that how you pick your ticket prices? Or are they all different? Uh, musicals are 25 and 20. The 20 is for student military or seniors above 65. Always. And then the just a book play a non-musical would be 20 and 15. Well, I would always pick cheap shows. I wish we could. You don't think yeah. people will come? I don't know. It would depend on the title. I would always pick inexpensive shows. If you could never change the price of a show, if the show is never going to be more than $25, then I would never get a show where I was going to make less money. Yeah. It's a hard, it's a good question. Yeah. Well, it's not a question. Well, or a it's statement. Just really, it's a statement. Yep, a statement. I would just say I'm going to always pick shows that never go above this price because I have to make this much every time I open the doors, and I'm never going to do it. Now, would you sell tickets if you did that? I don't know. Probably not. It, See, it, yeah. there's the deal. Now, you Let's might not. take uh, – we just did Meet Me in St. Louis for, okay. for December and Christmas. Didn't that uh, what we saw in New York together? Mm-mm. Dolly Parton? Mm-mm. What was the name of that show we saw with Dolly Parton? That was Bette Midler. Hello, Dolly. I mean, Bette <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> Another loud woman. You Bette know, Midler. that's okay. You, what was that You show? were a little under the weather, if you remember correctly. No, I don't remember. You don't. <laughs> was I? 
don't drink. It wasn't that. What was it? <laughs> I wish this was TV so y'all can see air. all seven of the people in this room making faces, and I'm out of the loop. I don't even know what it is. Meanwhile, Bette Midler. Okay, yeah. Okay, so Bette Midler. <laughs> Bette Midler. Yeah. Oh, I did get sick. You did? That's you right. Did. I had to have a steroid shot. That's I right. forgot. You did. I blacked we were worried that. about you. Um, no way. All right. No, seriously. We were talking about uh, we were going to do Meet Me in St. Louis. We knew that the costume budget for that would be more because it takes place in 1904, whenever the St. Louis World's Fair was. So we knew that we had to budget a little more for costumes for that show. Where, like, I did a book play called Vanya and Sonya and Masha and Spike, which was a comedy, but it's set in current day so you, people could just wear their regular street uh-huh. clothes, you know. So those are things that kind of balance each other. Does the rep that you borrow from their from their costume wardrobe they have. department? Gosh, they have. They have clothes in there. Yep. Gosh, they have. Mm-hmm. We've yeah. been real lucky. We've had a good relationship with them. I would think all the community theaters would work together. We do. You know, I would love. Yes. I've always said this that I would love to work together and build a coalition of all the theater groups so that they all kind of got together at the same time and put together advertising materials for everybody to put at the. To put at the hotels. Yep. We've talked about that, believe it or not. And we've actually talked to the mayor. He came to uh, one of our art shows one night, and we were saying, why don't you designate 7th Street as the theater district? Thank you. And he said, that's really a good idea. So I'm hoping that happens. I am, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We He's don't a have... friend of the show, by the way. Good. Yeah, yes. He is. The mayor was on the show. That's exactly right. Um, how do people... Before we have to leave, because we're running out of time, I'd love talking to you. Talk about how we get tickets, where you buy tickets, um, and how people can audition. Sure. Okay. Best thing to do is to follow us on Facebook. We have a great Facebook page under the Studio Theater, and we spell theater on the end T R E, not T E R. So, Studio Theater. 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 And our website is studiotheaterlr.com. And, uh, what now? studiotheaterlr.com is oh, our website. Oh, okay. And, uh, Don't em- forget the LR. E- yeah. Email is info at studiotheaterlr.com. And they can email you for tickets or they can email you to find out about auditions? Uh, our tickets come through Central Arkansas Ticket Agency, which is attached to the Arkansas Times. It's a business that they have on the side and oh. Central Arkansas Tickets. And uh, that's been a great partnership. We're loving working with them. Yeah. And you order online. Uh, on occasion, we'll have tickets at the door, but a lot of times our shows are selling out, so we have to... Uh, what a good problem yeah, to have. Yeah, it's a nice problem to have. Um, we can't really do phone sales, but you, you can call if you need to, and all that information is on so our website. So order online. Online. Buy at the door, but you run a risk. Yes. And not big on phone sales because you don't have a staff sitting there manning Correct. the funds. You exactly. can leave a message, I guess, sure. and somebody yes. will call you back, and you can pay with credit cards, I yes. guess, with y'all. Yep. So if y'all are sold out all the time and you're not making money, you need me to come down there and look at what's going on. <laughs> Looking for a new board member. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, no, not me. I am filled up with stuff i know that no um so i just want to tell everybody they're listening to up in your business with me carrie mccoy and i'm speaking today with mr bob bidwell founder music director and executive director of the studio theater in downtown little rock arkansas what if i'm a thespian or a musician or a singer and i want to come down there and and audition how do i find out about that what's going to happen in may on may the 5th we're going to announce our fifth season um, people are already asking, what are you doing? What are you doing? They're, I mean, they're planning that far ahead to find out what we're doing. 
and uh, once they a season is announced we usually audition three or four sometimes five months ahead of time for the show just to make sure the cast is set and ready to go um, you can find out all that information on our website or on our facebook page when our and some it's in the also in the papers and too. what's the facebook page again just the studio theater LR? Oh, no, just the studio theater. And mm-hmm. don't forget to put the on it. Yeah. Because I did that a couple of yeah. times. I couldn't find it. So you've right. got to put in the and studio And probably Little theater. Rock. I think you might have to add Little Rock on there, too. But the website yeah. is definitely Little Rock. LR. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Really, why can't you sell tickets for more than $25? Is that just a standard thing you cannot it's do in not, town? And we're actually probably one of the highest as far as our ticket prices, as far as the community theaters are concerned. Um, we have such high overhead on our building. Mm-hmm. That's the main reason. So ours. you're looking for somebody to they, share space with you? Our, our, well, maybe. We do rent it out to other groups. People can rent the space. So that helps a lot on our down months. What if you went to a $29 ticket? Could. I mean, does we anybody could. really know the difference between 25 and 29 I'm looking at my young people. Do y'all really know the difference between 25 and 29 it really depends on what the play is. So we're talking about. I would have paid extra to see Hedvig. Yeah. So, so yeah. if we're talking, how many good. people do you see tonight? We can seat up to eighty-five or ninety. So what's eighty-five times four dollars? Hundred. That's four hundred dollars almost. So let's say three hundred fifty dollars. How many nights does it play? Usually eight or twelve. What's three hundred fifty times ten? Three thousand five hundred dollars. I've just added to every one of your shows. If you yeah. can go to twenty-nine dollars. Yeah. Okay, that was your free advice today. Hey, that's good. I don't know. I don't know. Um, what do you want your legacy to be? My legacy? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good question. I just want to know that we provided a space for people to express themselves artistically. Are you going to? How long are you going to do it before if it doesn't make any money? Nine years? I think nine years is. We'll good. see. Yeah, nine or ten. Or ten. Yeah. See I, how we do. I think you could be making. Um, I think you could be making money within nine years. If we can get some grants and some and some financial support from, you know, how many people? Industries. I bet there's a lot of people looking for grant money yes, in your industry. There are, and you don't have a longevity in your business, so they're not. They never know if you're going to fold. What did they tell a Dreamland Ballroom? Something like we needed. We needed like five years i think under our belt before they'd say okay you're really here to stay because so many of them close i think i've already asked you what your biggest obstacle was financial right now just mm-hmm. getting just getting money in in the bank so that we can do what we want to do so what was the advice you'd give to young people that are just starting to get into music do you think they need to go to college i think it's really interesting that that billboard i don't know if y'all saw that on online about the ualr billboard it caused quite a bit of controversy if one of our state senators said uh ualr had a billboard that you could get a major in dance at ualr and he said why would anyone want to major in that there's no money in the arts we need more math teachers we need oh it see already everybody in the room knows what i'm talking about as far as and it caused such a controversy i hope you learned a lesson that everyone needs the arts everyone and you even if you major in music you're i mean not even if you major in music you're going to find a job you can education is great performance right now look at all the music people that are making money performing theater's the same way theater right now is huge look at broadway mm-hmm. you know i mean mm-hmm. my gosh so yeah. don't don't do not just because you don't think you can make it not major in the, in the arts that's um, what i say 
I will say this about cable TV. When cable TV came on and MTV became a music channel, dancers found a place yes. like never before. Yes. All those videos where they could they could, you know, express themselves express through themselves. dance. Because yeah. prior to that, you were either a ballet dancer or you really weren't dancing yeah. anywhere. Or much. on tour with some group, you know, or, or some singer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah. really weren't dancing very right. much. So there's a lot of, like you said, careers in music. And we don't. you don't have to be Justin Bieber. You don't have sure. to be that kind of, or Justin Timberlake. You don't have to have sure. that kind of success to have a great career sure. in music. That's right. Um, who has probably influenced you the most? Your grandmother? Um, I think I would have to almost say my whole family because they've all been so supportive. My whole family are, are coaches basketball and football coaches we had a guy in here the other day and who said that's that's very close to acting yeah it's it's kind of comes from the same dna kind of like being a lawyer what does that mean just that being oh, acting uh, yeah being a lawyer yeah oh, i never thought about that mm-hmm. a trial lawyer trial lawyer yeah so who was it we had that said that they wanted to be an actor and they ended up being a sports writer oh it was, t- it was uh trey reed Trey reed that's right he wanted to be a football coach or an actor, and he ended. Wow. No, he ended wow. up being the Arkansas yeah. Game and Fish spokesperson. Ah, wow. And he said, "Theater and sports are very similar." Yeah, I hadn't thought about it, but yeah, it is. So, what do your brothers teach? My brother, sister? my brother is, a, is just retired as a basketball coach up in Missouri. My sister is retired from Arkansas Parks and Tourism. Yeah, so and all of my nephews are basketball coaches in Southeast Missouri. Are they tall? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. One word to sum you up. Trying. <laughs> I'm trying. Oh, okay, good. I was going to say, yeah. you are trying. Hey, no. I know. <laughs> no. That, that didn't come out right. <laughs> Struggling. No, that's not right. But you know what I mean. You Just, are working really hard. Working you are hard. always working hard. I think there's one thread that runs through every one of the people we have on. They've got the heart of a teacher. You definitely do. You are a teacher. You cannot be successful if you don't know how to four years ago Mm -hmm. at what age 60 come on now that's good right there you took your life savings and opened up a business at 60 oh i love that that's really great i've enjoyed you bob we've got a gift for for bob don't we you're welcome i don't know what they are tim picked them out or did you pick them out tim Uh, me and adrian worked together finding this one oh it's good Say what it is, Bob. It's the theater masks. Wonderful. Yep, on a flag. Tragedy and comedy. That's going on in my house because it's also the colors of Mardi Gras. That's oh, it's sure. True. Yeah, That's true. Yeah, that'll go on my house. Oh, yeah, Mardi Gras next Tuesday. All my flags Tuesday. are from you anyway. Oh, thank you. I didn't know you were a good customer of Flag and Banner. Oh, thank you thank very you guys. much. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. This has been fun. It has been fun. Yeah. It? Well, you love live performance. Yeah. 
You're, this is as live as it gets. But, Reality radio. But when I can express what I do and, and the opportunity to put it out there and let people know what we're doing, it's great. So, everybody, go on to flagandbanner.com's website, click on radio, find out about how to get in touch with Bob, or you can email him at? The info at thestudiotheaterlr.com. Mm-hmm. Or go on his the Studio Theater LR Facebook page yeah. and read all about how to how to get tickets or how to audition. Okay, I didn't forget. I promised to share my mother's recent end of life story, not just for me and her, but for our listeners too, who might find our story helpful, especially if you're dealing with aging parents. If you're just tuning in, I'll catch you up. At the beginning of today's show, we took a moment to honor my mother, Sarah Krause, who passed away this week at the age of 94. She was a smart woman and my mentor, and she played a pivotal role in the founding and the naming of Arkansas Flag and Banner. Because this show is about paying our experiential knowledge forward, I would like to share what I learned in the last six weeks as my mother lived and died in a hospital bed in my den. She was residing at Woodland Heights, an upscale assisted living facility in Little Rock, Arkansas, when her health took a turn for the worse. We found Woodland Heights care to be subpar. It's easy for me to recognize poor management and poor processes. There was lots of excuse making, lots of employee turnover, and an uncooperative nursing staff to say the least. My anxieties and sleeplessness grew as I felt more and more helpless. Husband Grady McCoy, who we'll now refer to as St. Grady, suggested bringing her home to our house. This sounds like a bad dream come true, seeing your mother nude, wiping your mother's mouth, and the dreaded changing your mother's diaper. But for some reason, when St. Grady suggested it, along with the dread came a sense of peace too. On December 31st, New Year's Eve, with the help of Arkansas Hospice, we moved Mom into our den. First of all, my mother's hands, face, and feet looked old. But her body, I guess shielded from wind and weather, was beautiful. I had no idea that women's bodies are beautiful till the day they die. And changing her diaper was no more than changing a baby's diaper. All the end-of-life fears I had harbored in the back of my mind for 10 years were unwarranted. And that is the gift I would like to give to you today. As your parents age, try not to worry about the end-of-life episode. It may not be what you're thinking. When I went to work... In the day, I was lucky enough to be able to afford a caregiver. But in the evening, it was just me and St. Grady caring for my mother. Like a baby, and as the saying goes, once a man, twice a child, the dying comes to you in a quiet way, and as they progress, so do you. It's a learning progress that for us came in manageable bite sizes. As it seems with all of life, You are never given more than you can handle. Thank you for listening and spending time with me, my guest, Bob Bidewell, and the UIYB staff. If you think this program isn't about you, you're right. It's also been for me. Thank you for letting me fulfill my destiny. My hope today is that you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening, and that it, whatever it is, will help you up 
your business, your independence, or your life. I'm Carrie McCoy, and I'll see you next time on Up In Your Business. Until then, be brave and keep it up. You've been listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. If you'd like to hear this program again, next week, go to flagandbanner.com. Click on the tab labeled radio show, and there you'll find a podcast with links to resources you heard discussed on today's show. Carrie's goal, to help you live the American dream.